This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Now, turning to another challenge, I think something that is probably just, uh, you know, um, in a very different way, but it's also something that is facing uh, that pr- pr- uh, poses a major challenge for this country and a major uh, threat to the country, really, the future of the country. It's the issue of alcohol abuse. Now, studies show that South Africa has among the cheapest alcohol in the world and is driving a binge drinking culture in the country that costs an estimated annual 433 billion rand in health, social and productivity related costs. Not all South Africans drink, with uh, only a third of the population partaking um, in alcohol. But that, ha- but ha- the half of that third who do drink consume so much alcohol that South Africa has the fifth highest alcohol consumption per capita in the world. Well, syntax has been one method that's been tried to use to try and curb this, but uh, uh, increases in the excess duty on liquor uh, become a fixture every single budget in uh, in the country. Experts argue that it is not going to do is not going to be enough to mitigate against heavy drinking in South Africa. In addition, syntaxes calls uh, calls are being made to introduce minimum unit pricing, placing a cost on each unit of pure alcohol um, that a drink contains. Let's find out more and chat more about this, explore this a little bit more. From the DG Murray Trust's Alcohol Harms Reduction Campaign, we have a campaign manager, Nicholas Bauer. Good morning to you. So this is where you disappeared to. Yeah, just lurking in the background there, but uh, working on an extremely important issue. Good morning to you, TT. Good morning to the listeners, and thanks for the opportunity. 100%. This is a very exp- a- a important matter here. So, I, you know, I figure this little argument, I don't think there'll be many people who would argue with the fact that South Africa really does have a serious problem with uh, alcohol abuse. But it seems to me that it's always going to be that whether... Uh, real or not, but it's always going to be um, that uh, dichotomy that is presented to say that uh, if you start to, you know, clamp down on alcohol consumption, either you're going to create one of two things, you're going to start creating a black market, um, or, or alternatively, you're going to hear the alcohol companies telling you about how you're going to affect their, you know, their bottom line and therefore jobs in the country. Uh, Titi, I mean, it's a very good point to make. We saw that uh, during lockdown, South Africans will go to great lengths to ensure that they get their fix. But I mean, you encapsulated it very well in your introduction there. Uh, A 2014 study showed that the cost to the fiscus of uh, alcohol abuse with uh, social costs, other knock-on effects like lost productivity was 277 billion rand. Now, adjust that for inflation in today's terms. 433 billion rand every single year. Beyond that, one in 10 deaths in South Africa can be directly attributed to alcohol uh, abuse. And we've got the highest reported incidence of fetal alcohol syndrome in the world. I mean, mm. uh, just just use that as a departure point. I mean, we're, mm. uh, what future are we creating for these children that, uh, that are born with fetal alcohol syndrome? Mm. And unless we try and take a stand against heavy and binge drinking, um, it's, it's not going to change. And it's a simple, simple question that I ask people. I mean, I don't know when last you bought a loaf of bread or a quart of beer, but why in South Africa is that quart of beer cheaper than the loaf of bread? Or, or why is a bottle of whiskey in South Africa 
cheaper than in Scotland where it's actually brewed. And it all points to the fact that South Africa, in comparison to the rest of the world, has cheap and readily available alcohol. Mm. A 2018 study by Deutsche Bank showing that Johannesburg and Cape Town has among the top five cheapest beer in the world. Now, I'm not saying we've got to stop drinking. You know, everybody says that as soon as you, you, you try and flex with the alcohol laws or try and do something different, uh, we, you know, we want to introduce Sharia law. No, no, we're, we're talking about minimum unit pricing, uh, a mechanism that's been used to great effect elsewhere in the world where you essentially decide that uh, each unit of pure alcohol is going to cost a specific amount. So mm. let's use an example of a bottle of wine, wine very quickly. Right? If that 750 milliliter bottle of wine has 75 milliliters of pure alcohol mm. and we implement a minimum unit price of 10 rand per 15 milliliter of pure alcohol, mm with that 15 milliliter being the standard measurement that we, that we normally use. Right. That bottle of wine is going to cost at least 50 rand before production, profit, excise, any other cost is placed into that bottle of wine. Right. And it's been used to great effect also in the world, like I've mentioned. Russia is a great example. They had really fatal uh, rates of, of, vodka, um, consumption. of vodka consumption in the 90s and the early noughties. And they introduced minimum unit pricing. Uh, their their uh, life expectancy increased. You know the rate at which mm. uh, heavy and binge drinking was taking place was uh, was really uh, diminished. And I mean, you know, Titi, this is not the only thing that we can do, right? There's a lot of stuff that's on the drawing board that we uh, need to remind South Africans. You know, uh, well, not everybody drinks. The third that does does to such a bad state that it adversely affects the entire society. So mm. there's stuff like the liquor amendment bill that's been staying and gathering dust in Parliament for, for seven years. It was mm. introduced in 2016. What's happened what about, to that? Yeah. What about what we... Marketing, no, sorry, carry on. Yeah, sorry, yeah. What about, uh, for example, what, how, how sustainable would it be? I mean, uh, as you said, South Africa, we were saying South Africans have shown that they'll go the extra mile to get um, their fix. But if you were to restrict trading hours. And of course, the other problem that I'm seeing in South Africa is that uh, it seems that our um, units are also increasing in size. I mean, uh, um, you're getting the bigger and bigger bottles and bigger and bigger cans. You're 100% right, Titi. Uh, South Africa's got um, a raft of measures that, internationally speaking, we can try and implement to, to curb the flow of alcohol uh, into uh, you know, heavy and binge drinking. One of them is the proliferation of unlicensed outlets, the, the times that they're running. I mean, we don't have to go back very far in history to look at recent tragedies, the Inubeni Tavern uh, tragedy. You know, those, those young people lost mm. their lives in the early hours of the morning. Um, and and you know, how many other places uh, sell alcohol, um, whether or not it be legitimately or illegitimately, uh, into the early hours of the morning? Uh, and, and, you know, questions need to be asked about their, their own Mm. control of, uh, of you know, underage drinking or mm. if it's allowed or not. Uh, and then also, yeah, another quart of beer is now up to a, a liter, in, you know, with some brews. And uh, internationally speaking, and let's take, you know, South Africa takes uh, action against this. this. This problem is only going to uh, snowball. So minimum unit pricing is just one regulatory mechanism that, uh, that sets a bri- uh, base prices which yeah. standard uh, unit of pure alcohol can be sold. And it's it's not the only, you know, it's not a silver bullet, let's be quite honest. Sure. Um, quick, and a quick word on advocate. We've got a lot of problems. Mm. We just need to try and do something about some of them. Alcohol uh, 
uh, being a real, real, you know, I don't want to use government speak, but it's low hanging fruit, Titi. Mm. What, 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 you, what about ad call advertising? What have your studies been finding in terms of uh, the impact there? Of, I mean, if we went uh, the whole hog and just abandoned alcohol advertising completely, what impact would that have? So that's also another great point. You see, control of marketing and alcohol beverages bill has also been um, gathering dust in the legislative process. It was introduced in 2012 and it was approved by cabinet for public uh, um, debate in 2013, back when uh, Jacob Zuma was still fairly fresh into his first term, uh, going into his second. Um, and the studies have shown that you know while there will be an impact in terms of uh, revenues that uh, that are that are uh, generated by alcohol um, uh, producers and, and distributors, it's not going to be this one-ton economic destruction that they're talking about. You know, and I, I'm reminded of uh, the very same debates that we had in the middle of the 90s. Um, I'm not too sure, too sure if you remember them. You know, when they tried to um, mm. implement minimum unit uh, or uh, uh, disallow. Uh, um, uh, cigarette advertising. Yes. The cigarette companies saying, ah, this is going to cause a recession and why are you taking away people's free will? Mm. And then we implemented the fact that uh, that you weren't allowed to advertise uh, cigarettes anymore and look what happened. You know, there's less people, if you look at the numbers, that smoke cigarettes and, um, and it didn't cause the, the economic dystopia that they were talking about. 100%, so at the yeah. end of the day, you know, if you look at the, the, the various uh, um, factors at play, there is certainly space for some action to be taken by uh, the state when it comes to the proliferation of alcohol uh, in South Africa. Great. Nicholas Bauer, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Titi. Have a great Tuesday. You too. That's uh, DG from the DG Murray's. Uh, he is the, the DG Murray Trust. Um, that's the campaign manager for alcohol harms reduction what where do you stand on this one you know i still recall uh, once being in tunisia which you it's predominantly a muslim uh, country but uh, they considered it themselves a secular state at the time so there was alcohol available for example in hotels and stuff like that and you could even buy from uh, selected uh, stores alcohol uh, bottle stores uh, they're not even fully fledged they would sell beer in a, the can would be the size of uh, um, those like expensive the, the Red restaurant Coke, Coke cans. Yeah, no, no, slightly bigger, like the size of a Red Bull can. Yeah, you know, the smallest. Red, now these days, not in good. Yeah, Red Bull. So it's what, about two hundred fifty. Yeah, two hundred fifty mils, yeah. and the alcohol content in there was like four point two percent or four percent that thereabouts. So it makes it extremely uh, difficult to go and binge drink. But you don't know South Africa. Do you? <laughs> no, but I think you you would rather go that route. And let them spend more yeah. to try and get to a certain uh, point. And maybe they want to get to a point where they're like, ah, now this is not working for We us. have issues, DT, of people spending grocery money to get drunk. So now you run nice. the risk of having people die because they have not eaten. But by late 24, it's okay. It's about 100 beers. That's on average what people drink. Ka weekend. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.